What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Carrera. She is Michelle Majuk. What is up, Michelle? Hi, Stats. I'm miserable oh, today. Oh, boy. Michelle I am miserable. Down. I hate football. I never <laughs> want to talk about football again. Just like quit the season. I'm over it. I'm done. For those that don't know, Michelle is a Steelers fan, which coming off the game last night, I could understand why you are so down. And I need you to explain to me what the hell Chase Claypool is doing with 40 seconds left, converting a fourth down and then getting up and signaling first down and like celebrating as valuable, precious seconds are tick, tick, ticking away. There's no player I've enjoyed watching less than Chase Claypool <laughs> this year or just like ever as a Steelers fan. I can't like Antonio Brown had his crazy moments after like we never really got to see him play again with the Steelers after he went crazy and like hated the Steelers during it. You knew he was crazy, but it was so much fun to watch. And he like actually performed and, you know, you kind of dealt with his craziness. And no, Chase Claypool's just only cares about himself. That's literally all I'm seeing out there. This is the crazy thing, and, and and it's something I thought of, too, because the 49ers seem to be situationally aware in those final two minutes of drives. They don't have plays like this where a guy just gets up and is seemingly oblivious to the fact that you don't have timeout to the point where a, a lineman runs up to Chase Claypool and knocks the ball away from him because he's trying to give it back to the ref. So they can spike Claypool the clock. blamed him. He blamed him. That's why I'm the most mad today. It's not, I did something stupid. I have to learn from this. Like then, yeah, you're going to be mad at him, but whatever. At least he took the blame and he's like, no, he said like, oh, I have to be better. But you know, I just did my normal celebration dance and I was getting up and the ref wasn't there yet. So it doesn't really matter because the ref wasn't even there yet. Like, no, that's not, you grab the ball and you sprint back to the huddle and give it to the ref. Like, any other wide receiver would do like imagine George Kittle getting uh that play on fourth down <laughs> like and him celebrating instead of sprinting his butt back to that ref. It's just embarrassing. And then he blamed it on the lineman, uh Trey Turner for getting in his way and knocking the ball down. It's like no responsibility put on himself. I'm embarrassed for him. The crazy thing was he was having an incredible drive that drive, too. And it just it all gets wiped away when you do something dumb like that. He has uh, I, eight penalties called on him this year. Oh my no other God, wide man. receiver in the league has more than five. <laughs> he has eight. And wow. that, so, and like that place, not even included in the penalties. So it's like, he's done so many stupid things this year. It's not, yeah, he makes some really good catches. Cool. But he's, he needs to be benched at least for one game. I'm done with him. Done. Wow. Suddenly I feel a lot better about the 49ers wide receivers. Jeez, yeah, he should. That... I'm, I'm insanely upset this morning watching last night's game was not fun not fun at all the 49ers have lost a lot of games a lot of different ways but i don't know that they've ever lost it because they lost what was it it was something like 24 seconds ticked off the clock in that whole exchange or close to it it was something ridiculous and then they also i don't know it does just the whole thing why did you have to get down so much as well like why couldn't you score until the second half and then pat firemuth drops a beauty of a ball like ben doesn't throw too many good balls it was a perfect <laughs> ball like now that is something 49er fans can relate to <laughs> yeah it's just yeah enough about the steelers i'm just miserable today all right hopefully uh, the 49ers can make me happier on sunday Let's get into that. We're going to get into some player props for you, some just overall preview of the Cincinnati game. But before we do, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. 
If you love the show, you already follow us. That's awesome. But if you haven't left a rating and a review yet, please do it. It's the best thing you can do to help us. And I always say, if you take the time to leave a review, I will read it on the show. We have two reviews actually today. The first one I want to get to, I <laughs> here's the username, Michelle. Rob makes me want to puke. Subject is <laughs> okay. whiner. And here's the comment. Can Rob ever say words without sounding like a whining nine-year-old girl? <clears throat> yes, I can. And <laughs> oh, by the way, that's a two-star review. Not a one-star, a two-star review. So I must be doing something right. Oh, my, my least favorite thing is whether someone gives uh, like the podcast ball blast podcast my fantasy football podcast gives it something in between a two to four like you gotta just choose one or five if it's a one then fine <laughs> but it's like don't give me a nice review and then give me a four you know like we're working hard over here give us right. a five or if you hate us give us a one because it's like you know either you hate us or you don't if you're gonna do a four at least put in the review what you could have done to make it a five like to just leave the four kind of leaves you hanging there i just want to know everything i said sounds like a whining nine-year-old girl but somehow i got more than one star so okay <laughs> I, i'm sorry that i make you nauseous then there's this review i i don't know what to do with this michelle this is from mo boogies subject good source of info and a mushroom host five stars Good source of info for the 49ers. I get great updates on the team and great opinions on all aspects of the team. They have a mushroom of a host, Rob Stats Guerrera. He's annoying at first, but he has the personality of a fungus. He just grows on you. You'll eventually look <laughs> forward to hearing his takes delivered with that fire enthusiasm. Way better than the 49ers talk, which seems to walk the fence when it comes to critiquing the team. Matt Mayoko is boring as heck. What? Fungus personality? What is that? I don't, I don't is know. That a compliment? I, I think it is. It's trying to be a compliment. He's saying you you grew on him. He likes you now. It took a second, but he likes you now. I liked you from the very beginning <laughs> okay. when I heard you on PFT. I was like, you know, I like this dude. I, I didn't think of you as a fungus. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm annoying to start, but not annoying enough for you to completely leave. And then eventually you kind of sort of like I mean, it's a five star review, so I'll take it. So thank you very much, Mo Boogies. I just I've never been described so far since I started doing this show. I've been described as having a fat voice and now I have a fungus personality. Well, and now also apparently you have a whiny fat voice. That's true. So, <laughs> man, <laughs> it's a good thing most people can't see me because then the comments would just get mean, I guess. It's been a brutal week for you. <laughs> I know. Well, when you're a 49er <laughs> fan, you kind of buckle up for that. But thank you, everybody, for the reviews. And thank you, everyone, for all the support. I don't know if you know this yet, Michelle, but the Niners Nation Podcast Network as a whole went over a million downloads for the Ooh. year in 2021 in November. They have never, we have never done that before ever. So we thankful. I'm thankful to you and Akash and KP and Levin and all the hosts we have here, Leo and Javi. Everybody is awesome. I have an incredible team and I'm grateful for all the support. So yay, Niners Nation, 1 million downloads and counting. That is awesome. All right, let's get into it here. Huge game this week for the 49ers going to Cincinnati. We're clinging to that final playoff spot in the NFC by our fingernails. And we're going into this game down maybe some big names although it seems like Debo Samuel might actually come back for this game which would be huge for the 49ers it doesn't look like Elijah Mitchell is going to come back Kyle Shanahan's going to be speaking 
well, in about 25 minutes from now. Uh, so we could have a little more clarity there. But he said on KMBR that it's doubtful that Elijah Mitchell is going to play. Looks like it's going to be Jeffrey Wilson. And if, and Fred Warner is back, full go, ready to go. So that's awesome. But if Debo can come back, like I can't think of a single player that affects the game more than him on either team. Yeah, Devo's definitely insanely important. I do think Elijah Mitchell's kind of up there with him just for the fact they don't trust anyone else to be that bell cow. I'm starting to realize Kyle Shanahan will only feed these little tiny backs that can't handle it. I mean, <laughs> Elijah Mitchell's uh, path right now, career path, is kind of looking like Raheem Mostert, right? Yes. Like a, a guy that you didn't expect to break out. He's a smaller dude. He probably shouldn't be getting this much workload, but they're so good when they do get it. So it's hard not to feed them, but they can't stay healthy. Uh, so, I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have to figure out a way to get a bigger back that he trusts to touch the ball more often that can actually stay somewhat healthy. But I mean, I guess Trey Sermon's a bigger back. They can't stay healthy this year either. So there's just something with that backfield. Yeah, and when he's healthy, uh, Kyle Shanahan just flat out refuses to use him. I'd love to yeah. see the 49ers get up to the sixth seed. Washington is there right now. Listen to the Washington schedule the rest of the year. This is so weird. Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly, the Giants. That's their the NFC East the whole rest of the way for Washington. It's honestly crazy. I mean, Washington has a chance to steal the division from Dallas. I mean, they have to play him twice. And if you win both of the games against them, you they're A, they're only two games back from Dallas right now. So then you would have that tiebreaker too. So it's kind of crazy. Washington's playing pretty solid right now, and Dallas is not. Uh, so it yeah. would be crazy with the way the Cowboys started the season if they were to somehow lose control of the, the, the division. I always like to tell people whenever you do a show, there's two different shows that go along with it. There's the show that happens on the air, which everybody gets to hear. And then there's, there's the show that happens off the air involving the people you know, the, the crew and the hosts of that show. You and I talk frequently throughout the week, and you told me something today about the 49ers playoff chances. You think that the 49ers have to win three games the rest of this year and they will make the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm not even sure they have to win the three. I just think the three gets them in 100%. You're getting in with eight losses. Like a team is getting into the NFC playoffs um, with eight losses. So yeah, I, I think... And you have three easy matchups, right? I mean, I guess this week's not easy, but then you have Houston and you have Atlanta. Yeah, it's the Titans that's a harder one. And then I think the Rams, right, last week? Yes, last week is the Rams. So, but even the Titans at this moment, they don't scare me without Derrick Henry. They're not they're not a scary team. So I easily think you can get three wins out of this. And I think at nine and eight, you're in the playoffs. I would like it if the 49ers won the rest of their NFC games, at least because their conference record is going to be, you know, a factor when it comes to tiebreakers and such. But just just take the wins. I'll take them wherever I can get them. I, I do think that Thursday game is going to be it's going to be tough for the 49ers. The Titans are a tough team. Vrabel's a good coach, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, they got Cincy this week. And one of the things I like to do is I go on the other team's website in this case i go on cincyjungle.com our Bengals community here at sb nation just to see like what are they saying about the 49ers how do they view san francisco you know because i'm in the bubble so to speak and i keep seeing them refer to this 49ers offense as scary and i'm like scary good or scary bad like <laughs> i don't look at the 49ers offense and think oh this is this is scary for other teams it all depends on what jimmy garoppolo you get 
Is he turning over the ball or is he not? It's kind of the same exact situation for both offenses. It's kind of weird in this game with the Bengals and the 49ers. It's like, do they keep control of the ball? Do they not turn it over? They win. If they have turnovers, they lose. I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, so it it comes down to both sides of the ball in this game. Does Joe Burrow protect it? Joe Mixon had that bad fumble um, in the last game or maybe two games ago. But they need to, both sides of the ball needs to, Keep control of the ball. Stay on the field. The running game is going to be massive in this both sides. Like stopping Joe Mixon is key. And then it all comes down to like, is it Jeff Wilson that's able to go out there with the the knee? He's struggling with that right now because I do think Jeff Wilson's very important now that Elijah Mitchell's not likely to be out. You don't want Jermichael Hasty out there touching the ball twenty <laughs> times. Like no. I don't feel good about that. No, I think that this is going to be a heavy Kyle Uzcheck game. Um, because he's kind of the guy that Kyle defaults to when the running backs are either not to his liking or just down in general. Um, but I, I'm so frustrated talking about this because it's like, oh, can the Niners run the ball? Well, we're, we're depending on Jeff Wilson. Debo might not go. The simple answer is you should be able to rely on your quarterback. You got a couple guys down. More should be heaped upon the shoulders of the quarterback. That's what Cincinnati would do if they were missing a bunch of their offensive stars because they have Joe Burrow and he's going to be their guy going forward. The 49ers, it's like, oh, we got to build the offense around a wide receiver. We got to build it around Debo Samuel. Or, hey, George Kittle's really going to have to step up. It's like, no, it should just be on the quarterback. But because Kyle doesn't trust the quarterback, and rightfully so, this is where we are. Yeah, it's going to be a lot about protecting Jimmy Garoppolo, too, in this game. Because when Garoppolo is under pressure, that's when he kind of freaks out and makes all those mistakes. Kind he of has freaks out. tied for the fourth most interceptions this season when under pressure. And the Bengals are pretty decent at getting pressure on the quarterback this season, mostly due to Trey Hendrickson. He has the most quarterback pressures in the NFL this season. Like, he's been killing it for them. Uh, they signed him this year uh, before the season started but just an awesome addition for that defense and they've been creating those turnovers by creating pressure so I think keeping Jimmy Garoppolo uh, upright in this game and not feeling all scared back there is pretty much another key there with making sure they stop Joe Mixon on the ground I think those are the two biggest takeaways to winning this game one of the most terrifying sights in the world is Jimmy Garoppolo when he drops back to pass and then he sticks out his left arm and puts it like on the back of an offensive lineman that is being shoved back into him. Once I see that left arm go out, I'm like, nothing good is going to happen this play. <laughs> I'm just praying to God that somehow Jimmy Garoppolo loses his balance and falls over. So at least the 49ers would keep possession of the football. I feel like he doesn't roll out enough. Like he's not a slow dude. He's mobile enough. He just kind of just... Freaks out back there and he freaks out. You can see it. You can see him panic. He gets happy feet. The feet, he starts like freaking out back there and nothing good happens at that point. Like nothing good. It's, it's so predictable and that's why it's so frustrating, but you know, hopefully the plan is to get the ball out of his hands and the Niners can run a little, although Cincinnati has been very good at stopping the run. They've given up the fourth yes, fewest yeah. rushing yards this season. So that's not going to be easy. And we saw last week when they couldn't really run the ball, the offense can go stagnant for a long period of time. So we will see. But let's take a break. We'll get to our player props coming up. There's some interesting ones coming out. We have, not going to lie, we have taken a beating the last two weeks yeah. on the props. Probably don't want to take my advice. <laughs> like, whatever <laughs> I say, just do the opposite. 
you know, look, we had a hot streak earlier. Now, you know, this is what happens. You get a hot streak, you need a cold streak to cool it off. If we won every week, you know, we wouldn't be as doing soon this as I saw, As soon as I saw Brandon Ayuk had a 21-yard catch and he needed a 21 and a half for the longest reception, <laughs> I was like, I'm done for this week. Like, this is just going to be my luck this week. It's like, Vegas, you're so annoying. Let's take a break. So when we come back, we'll do player props guaranteed to win you money this week. We swear. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, we got to pick three prop bets that we like this week. We have been cold lately, but it's time for our streak to end. We're going to get back on the sunny side of the street here. What's your fastball? Give me the one prop you're most confident in right off the bat. So I'm really confident in T Higgins. I, you know, obviously the ankle injury that's limited him in practice worries me a tiny bit, but I think he's going to be all right out there. He's had back-to-back games with a hundred plus receiving yards and a receiving touchdown, 138 receiving yards last week. I'm like 14 targets. He has turned into Joe Burrow's dude. Like it's gone away from Jamar chase and those long targets to now they're hitting T Higgins long. It's kind of like they switched roles there. Uh, so I really like T Higgins in this matchup, 75 plus receiving yards in four of his last five games. They have him at what? Um, it's 66 and a half. Yes. 66 and a half right now. yards and uh, five and a half catches. So he's done that now. And for the last five games, I feel good about this. So the 49ers are allowing the fourth fewest passing yards per game this season. All right. But it's the most, no, it's, it's not a realistic stat. When you actually dig into it, they're allowing a 68.6 completion percentage, which is 28th uh, in the NFL, a 96.5 passer rating, 24th in the NFL. What's happening here is that they have 298 defensive pass interference penalty yards against them, most in the NFL, 464 total defensive penalty yards against them this season, most in the NFL. So it's like, yeah, you can't get the yards when they're just giving them to you for free, but right. they don't go on the stat sheet. So yes, that could ruin this in this game for sure. I mean, I, like Dante, uh, I want to say Deontay Johnson because that's my boy. Dante from Johnson, the the but Dante Johnson, uh, not as good of a player. I'll say that because hey, no six. one, you no can... one gets to be my boy Deontay. Uh, but I mean, who is going to be covering these wide receivers? It's Josh Norman, who is just so bad. Watching him play, I, I hate his face. So <laughs> I just watching him play and be terrible. He. <laughs> He's allowing 125.7 passer rating when targeted this season. Third highest passer rating allowed among 200, sorry, 103 cornerbacks with 200 plus coverage snaps. I don't believe that. I don't believe there are two cornerbacks in the league allowing more than Josh Norman. (laughs) I will say there are only 29 quarterback cornerbacks in the entire NFL allowing 110 plus uh passer rating when targeted and the 49ers have three of those guys <laughs> three of them i only included guys with 100 plus coverage snaps because obviously like if you have three targets against you that's not going that's going to be skewed but so that's josh norman dante johnson and diamador lenore um and then if you included ambry thomas which he only has like 18 snaps he also is allowing <laughs> over that as well yeah but, that's- yeah not fun. Not a fun secondary they have. So I th- I expect T. Higgins, who is their dude as of late, to have a very nice game. That's what worries me is I just feel like Cincinnati is going to have anything that they want in the passing game. And I think that Burrow's the kind of guy, too, where even if it's not perfect, he's more than likely going to say, screw it and throw it up. 
and the Niners defensive backs do not function well with the ball in the air, you know, Burrow is leading the league in interceptions. So there is a chance he puts the ball in harm's way, but if he can just chuck it up there, whether it's chase Higgins or whoever, really, uh, that is not a situation that D'Amico Ryans wants to see the 49ers in Kyle Shanahan, me or anybody else, because chances are Cincinnati is going to win those battles. Yeah. And he also has, so he does have the most interceptions that needs to like calm down for him. And they are zero and four in games that burrow has multiple interceptions. So he's done that in four different games. Like that's the way uh, to really control that offense as well. Create those turnovers, but then burrow on the other side of it, he has 11 touchdowns that goes for 25 yards. And that's the most wow. NFL as well. So like he is doing it deep in the air. So it only is going to take a few catches for Higgins to get the 66 and a half receiving yards. I really feel good about this. They have, I mean, they have Jamar chase at 64 and a half. I don't hate that. It's just lately they've been using him shorter than what they're used to be doing. Like his yards per reception has gone way down as late. So he's going to need a few more catches than T Higgins to get there. I still think he can do it. I just feel better about Higgins. Burrow himself said earlier this year that he kind of fell in love with the deep pass. And like you said, we've seen him kind of go away from that recently. So maybe he's like sort of swung. I don't want to say too far, but he's swung back in the other direction. But there is that threat with Jamar Chase of just one play. Yeah. You hitting the over on that one play. I mean, hell, it's if Diamador Lenore is somehow matched up one on one on him, anybody. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. It could be Josh Norman. It could be Dante Johnson. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, if he gets one of those rookies or if Ambry Thomas does go out there, like the only way I think both of these guys don't hit it is if it's just a bunch of penalties that's stopping them from doing it because they're being held and they can't catch it. But, you know, the yards are still there in the game. They just don't get them on their stat sheet. So I definitely wouldn't take the under there with Chase. I'm fine with taking the over on both of these guys. I just feel a little bit more confident about Higgins. Okay. Uh, I I mean, if you're telling me I should take the over on some, some receiver playing the 49ers, I don't know how you can argue that at this point because they're just their secondary so beat up. Um, I do hope that Bosa can get after Burrow a little bit. That's that's how I think the 49ers can slow down the passing game is if Bosa just terrorizes him, he may chuck it up there in some bad spots, some overthrows, or even just trying to get a throw off when Bosa's bearing down on him, getting hit, and the ball just kind of squirting out and leading to interceptions. So that's the hope if you're San Francisco, is that the pressure from the defensive line can affect the passing game enough to keep the 49ers from just getting sliced and diced. Yeah, it'll be nice to get Fred Warner back as well. So that just helps the middle of the defense and all of that. Even though, I mean, Gerald Everett tried his hardest to give Double the 49ers agent. the game last <laughs> last week. I was like, wow. I didn't realize he was the one that fumbled, or I guess the other one was like a tipped interception in right near the goal line in yep. both situations. I was like, wow, Gerald Everett, that's that's it's like worse than Chase Claypool out there. The one that the one that Kwan Williams picked off at right at the goal line. I mean Gerald Everett is wide open. Wide open. What was he doing? Like, There's how, no one the close. Wall. I have no idea how that happened. And the 49ers still found a way to lose that game because they got a safety like three plays later. Okay, we're skipping (laughs) past uh, the Seattle game, though. Uh, There's another Cincinnati bet that you like. Yeah, so I like – so don't get me wrong. Joe Mixon 
if anyone knows me on Twitter, if anyone follows me, I am the known Joe Mixon hater. I am not saying he's going to get the under because I'm his hater. He's been very good this season. He's been nothing but helpful to winning games for the Bengals. But his line's at 76 and a half rushing yards. It started at 77 and a half. It, that just came out. It opened at 77 and a half. It's already gone down to 76 and a half. So it seems like the public is agreeing with me that they don't expect him to get that. And they're betting the under, which is making the line come down. Uh, I, I just, I don't think he gets that last week. Um, like he's had two games in the past three weeks where he's been utilized like crazy. I mean, his volume was insane. He had 30 carries. He got 123 yards. Amazing. 28 carries, got 165 yards. Amazing. Oof. But that was against the Steelers. And anyone can do anything against that <laughs> Steelers run defense. They're giving up 20 yard holes. Uh, but those were insane volume games for them. And they destroyed both of those teams. I mean, they won by nearly 20 points against the Raiders, won by 31 points against the Steelers. Last week, he only had 19 carries for 54 yards. When you look at the games before those massive games, 13 carries, 14 carries, 12 carries, like he's not being utilized as much as we think he is. And the 49ers have been actually really solid at stopping the run uh, since their Arizona game when they got destroyed by James Conner and gave up 163 yards to the Cardinals. They've actually been really good. 52 yards allowed against the Rams, 54 yards allowed against the Jaguars, 67 yards allowed against the Vikings. Last week, yes, they gave up 146 yards, but 73 of those were Travis Homer on a fake punt. Like, I'm not going to count that to them. So that's like giving up 73 yards in that game. So you're asking for Joe Mixon to actually cover what they've been giving up to entire teams, actually more than what they've been giving up to entire teams. I I'm not seeing that happen unless this is a blowout game by the Bengals and he gets another, you know, 25, 30 carries. And of course he's going to hit it. Uh, but I feel good about the under here. And I think the other factor in that, too, is teams see the 49ers secondary. And they're like, why am I going to try to run the ball past this defensive line when I can just throw it wherever the hell I want? And that's a factor, too. It you know keeps rushing yards down when another team just gets so encouraged by the crappy secondary that the 49ers have that they don't try to run the ball. I do like Joe Mixon as a player, so I'm, I'm surprised to hear that you hate him so much and that you're just the ultimate Joe Mixon hater, but... I do think I can't really end- get over what he did before he got drafted. Well, yeah, like, that yeah, tends to be the case when you're uh, an asshole. Uh, <laughs> this is like maybe the only under I can ever remember you taking. There might have been one other one this year, but you never go under. I know. I always go over because it's so hard for me to trust it. But this line was too high. Like I wasn't planning on taking the under. And then I saw the line. I'm like, wow, they're really, they're really giving him a lot of yards here. And I, I, I don't feel confident at all to take the over. So at that point, you know, I got to just unders win a lot. I mean, it happens. So I got to change up my style here since I've been. That's true. Rent. You know what? I like that. We're a little, I don't want to say desperate, but we're open (laughs) to trying new things at this point. So go with the under. I like it. And then uh, one more prop for you. And this is a 49ers prop that you like. Yeah, I like Kyle's use check here. He's at only 13 and a half receiving yards. That's actually gone down. So the public actually believes he'll be under because that was at 14 and a half when that came, uh, when that just opened earlier today. He, I mean, he's hit it each of the last two games pretty easily, 37 yards in week 12, 
21 yards in week 13. I know Debo's going to come back and maybe that hurts him a little bit there, but without Elijah Mitchell in the game with Jeff Wilson banged up a little bit, like I expect him to have more snaps. And if he's out there, he's, he's a reliable pass catcher in like tough situations. So that just takes one catch, but you know, I expect him to be targeted three, four times in this game. He can definitely get hit that over with just 13 and a half receiving runs. Kyle Posey has argued at times with the receiving core banged up that Kyle Juszczyk should be kind of the third wide receiver on this team. That's how good at it he is. Um, he can easily hit this on any one play. The 49ers actually tried to hit a big play with Kyle Juszczyk, but lo and behold, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't make an accurate damn throw, and so he couldn't reel it in. But they have that play where it's a play action. He pretends like he's blocking, and I swear to God, it works like every time the linebacker thinks he's blocking and Juice turns it upfield and he's wide open. It's supposed to be a layup throw for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not always a layup, but all that all you need is one of those in this game and you're going to easily hit that over. So I like it because you can get it on a big play. And like you talked about, if you get a couple of dump offs, he'll probably have some space to make some guys miss. And you only need one or well, probably like two of those in the game to hit the over. I like that play by Juice. So I've we've been kind of looking at Juice a little bit the past couple of weeks. He let us down a couple of weeks ago. I think he's going to get it done for us this week. Yeah, and if they struggle to run the ball, which they might, because the Bengals are a good run defense, they're going to have to find other ways to like have a you know a differentiated run defense where it's like you do those short little passes and different scenarios. And that's kind of like your run game on first down to get mm -hmm. those four to five yards. And that's where I think he could be more involved this week. They actually used him on a screen last week, too. They went for pretty decent yardage also. So, yeah, there's there's too many options there for Juice, especially I think he's going to be the third down back in this game. I think the Niners are going to want to kind of save Jeff Wilson if they can a little bit. I don't know that Kyle Shanahan trusts Jermichael Hasty more on third down than he trusts Juice. So there's going to be opportunities for him. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I should have mentioned it before this, the line in this game has moved oh pretty goodness. significantly. It opened yeah. 49ers plus one. And now it's 49ers minus two. Um, yeah, they're, <laughs> I can't believe the Bengals are getting two points at home. They have the better record this year. They have won four games by 19 plus points. Like they've actually like destroyed teams. Now they've lost badly in a couple games as well. But I do think the Bengals overall are, are a very good team, like a very solid team. So this line shocks me. I was surprised to see it move that much. Like I figured whatever it is, it'll probably stick around there. But the fact that it has swung three points, really four points is surprising to me. I don't love the 49ers at minus two, to be honest with you. I, I like, I can understand the 49ers at plus one, but like I have no, first of all, I have no confidence in the 49ers special teams. None, any facet of them, including Robbie gold who missed two kicks last week and then had the balls to get up in front of the media yesterday and say that he's playing the best football of his career. He's made 79% <laughs> of his kicks the last three years, Michelle. And he says he's playing the best football he's ever played. What the hell is that? Oh, yeah. Sounds like Claypool out there being like, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He literally, in that answer, he was like, yeah, I know I missed a 42-yarder and I missed that extra point, but I really feel like I'm playing the best football in my career. Like, that's the actual quote. I was stunned when I heard him say it. Anytime you miss an extra point, you're not playing the best football of your career. Like, man, and I have no faith if it's 50 or more that, that gold is going to make it. No faith whatsoever. Every time the 49ers kick the ball off, I am literally 
puckering in my seat because I'm worried about a long kick return because the Niners have been putrid on kickoff coverage. So with with all that kind of work, like one whole phase of the game, I feel like could let the 49ers down and has multiple times this year. I don't know that I touched the spread in this one at all. No, I wouldn't want to bet on the spread or like picking which team to win. I could see this game going either way. I could see the 49ers destroying the Bengals. I could see the Bengals destroying the 49ers, or I could see this being a close game. Like there is no feeling I have about this game because both teams are like, they're just been highly inconsistent this year. There's no way to really look at them to be like, Oh, you know what? They've been winning in these games or whatnot. It's like, do do they turn over the ball? And if they do, then they're probably not going to win. If they don't, then they're probably going to win. It's like you can't really predict which Joe Burrow you're going to get in any given week. You can't predict which Jimmy Garoppolo you're going to get in any given week. It's just they're just been inconsistent. We'll see which team can come out and prove themselves in a really important matchup for both teams. I mean, this is huge for both teams when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, it's weird to think that the game might come down to which defense catches better <laughs> because yeah. that's sort of like a weird thing, but I think that there's going to be opportunities on both sides. I'm a little worried that they're rushing Debo back. I have no idea if that's true or not, but I could easily see a scenario where, you know, of course Debo wants to get out there and play because he's a gamer. He's ready to go. And the 49ers are like, we have no offense without you, Debo Samuel. So we want you to go. And like the nightmare scenario is he gets in there, gets like, one catch, one carry, re-aggravates the groin, and then he's got to come out again. Well, that's the thing. We wouldn't even know how they're going to utilize him, right? Because before his injury, he was basically just being used as a rusher. He wasn't being targeted. But you wouldn't expect with this injury, this groin injury, they're going to put him back in that backfield. That's how he got hurt the first time. But then I think it's too risky. I, I do. Like groin injuries, he could re-aggravate it in one play, and then he's out for another two games. Like it gets longer once you reaggravated. I don't, we've seen with even TJ Watt this year for the Steelers, like his groin, it's like every other game, it keeps coming back. And he had to miss most of the game last night. And it's just like, just let it heal up. Yeah, which is why I hope they use Kittle more as a wide receiver or as a receiver in this game because oh, he he's was so good. He's so stupid good. And every time he's so stupid good, you just think like, why isn't he utilized all the time? Because he's amazing. Yeah, the he's frustrating amazing. thing is, I know he's a really good blocker, Kyle Shanahan, but you have to acknowledge that that's not even the best thing he does. The blocking is the second best thing. He's a monster in the open field that play before halftime that 48 yard touchdown where he breaks a tackle and tight ropes the sideline and, and outruns the defense like nobody else in the league at tight end can do that he's incredible nope. and I feel like they it's almost like he's punished for being such a good blocker that they they use him in that capacity too much like if he was a worse blocker he would have better receiving yardage because they would just say screw it and just throw him out there all the time yeah, they need to figure out other ways to block and get him out there because that's your best chance to win is get him the ball in his hands and the things he can do after the catch is just not fair. Like, he is just a not fair human. Like, the things he can do, he could be better than Travis Kelsey if they would just feed him like Travis Kelsey. A hundred percent. And uh, my co-host on Thursday, 11 Black, said the most exciting thing for 49ers fans is when George Kittle gets a reception and takes two steps. Because after that, you literally have no idea what's going to happen, but you know the first guy is not taking him down. 
Oh, he's so fun to watch. Like, could you name another player in the league that's as fun to watch as George Kittle? Because I'm not sure I can. Maybe Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's pretty good. Derrick Henry with the ball in his hands is, I mean, so much fun. But George Kittle's right up there. He has to be top five. And he's, they just got to let him go. Like, forget the blocking, Kyle. Like, you got Ross Dwelly or, or Charlie Warner or throw in another offensive lineman in there. I don't care. But like, to not use Kittle as a receiver is, taking that's like playing with one hand behind your back and with Debo you know sort of iffy in this one you can't afford to do that yeah and it's kind of like uh what came first the egg or the chicken or chicken or the egg it's like do you need a better blocker because you don't have a George Kittle out there running around like do you need someone to be able to block as long as they have to like George Kittle does if you actually just like throw him out there because he's going to get open. And then that's another weapon that Jimmy Garoppolo can utilize. Maybe he doesn't need to be blocked as long if he would just run some more routes. Right. And like, cause there are even plays on third down, especially where Kittle's in the backfield as a blocker. And it's just like, so frustrating. Like, no, that is that the deep when the defense sees that they're happy. And whenever you do something that makes the opposing defense happy, you've made a mistake and they got to yeah. stop doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope they continue utilizing Kittle like in a similar fashion, even when Debo Samuel's back. Like I get Debo Samuel's amazing and you need to target him and you have Ayuk, but those three guys, if you spread them out and you know let George Kittle run some routes, it's gonna be so hard to stop those three on a consistent basis. Like, ooh, that would be a nightmare for defenses. But get him more involved. Come on, come on, Shanny. <laughs> See, I, I need him to like have good games to get back in your good graces. Cause you you were man, the Kyle Shanahan slander in my Twitter DMs was it was strong. It's just he just bothers me. I just think he <laughs> makes the worst choices sometimes. But then like the inconsistency bothers me as well. Cause it's like we've seen how he can be a great coach and come up with great game plans. And then mm -hmm. the next seconds, like Oh my goodness. Like, what are you doing? Like a Why do you down hate play? players? He hates some players too. A fourth down RPO where Jimmy Garoppolo ends up with the ball in his hands, trying to run for the fourth down where George Kittle is off the field on that play. Like what the hell is that Kyle Shanahan? <sighs> yeah. I mean, I would like to say that the 49ers should have won that game against the Seahawks, but actually the Seahawks should have won by far more when I went back and watched it. It's true because Gerald Everett, he was a double agent. In that it game. doesn't make any sense because the first the first half, the 49ers looked as good as they've been looking. I mean, they came out and they looked really solid, even with Garoppolo making mistakes and turning over the ball. They still looked like a really good team overall on both sides of the ball. And then all of a sudden in the second half, it's like they turn into the team they were before their run. And it's yep. just like that's scary how fast they can just turn it on and off. If the 49ers do make the playoffs, it could be like a really fun year because this is one year with the 49ers. Like you literally have no idea which team is going to show up. And so if they're if they make the playoffs, the good 49ers are going to have to show up repeatedly down the stretch of the season. So it could be really fun, but it's also going to be just make your hair fall out agonizingly painful at times because of how they can look seemingly at the drop of a hat. Yeah. If I'm in the NFC, though, I wouldn't want to play them because you don't know what to right. expect. Yeah, it's, that, that's that's scary. That's uh, so a weird aspect there, there, of this. Procedure. I do believe the 49ers get in. I mean, the NFC conference is so incredibly bad. I mean, who who are you worried about? 
The Panthers and Falcons play each other this week, so I guess one of them has to get a win, but one of them has to get a loss. You're not worried about the Saints with Taysom Hill. I mean, they just look like garbage. Are you really worried that the Giants or the Bears or Seahawks are going to come back from being four and eight? Like, I guess the Eagles, but they don't look very good either. They have a tiebreaker over the Eagles, and they have yeah. a tiebreaker over the Vikings. It basically comes down to two of these three teams will make it, Washington, 49ers, and Vikings. But like you said, they have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. So, And I know the Vikings like had an amazing first half, but it was because Dalvin Cook had 900-yard <laughs> holes. I'm mean, just going to keep making it further and further. Uh, and then they kind of fall apart in the second half like they normally look. So I'm not worried about the Vikings either. It's just they got to play the Steelers. Oh, win this it's game, just, I'll feel yeah, so much better. It comes down to the 49ers, Washington. I guess we can put the Eagles in there in Minnesota, but they they should have this. Just win the easy games, win Handle one of business. the hard games. Yep, exactly. Games, and Handle in. your business this week, damn it. It's bad yeah. enough the league moved this game to 4.15 or 4.30 Eastern time when it should have been at 1 o'clock, nice and early for me, but that's my problem, not yours. You're lucky they didn't move it to the night game. I know, God. Okay, just just to recap, uh, you're taking T. Higgins over 66.5 receiving yards. You're taking yep. Joe Mixon under 76.5 rushing yards, and you're taking Kyle Juszczyk over 13.5 receiving yards. Those are the three props for this game. We didn't touch the spread because it's a little crazy. And uh, it, frankly, touching the spread at this point is trouble because it's already adjusted. So now you're getting it at the worst possible price. Yeah. That's why I usually don't like to bet spreads later in the week, too, because the line has already moved to the appropriate spot. So you kind of missed your chance there. But nonetheless, hopefully you win some money. Hopefully we break our streak and we start to get rolling again. The 49ers start to get rolling again. Please, everybody, if you haven't done it already, rate, review and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. You heard at the top of the show. You leave a review. We read it on the show. Good, bad, ugly or otherwise. Michelle, thank you very much, as always. Enjoy your weekend. I'm sorry about your Steelers, but now you can just like enjoy the rest of the Sunday as a regular fan. They would have been way more fun if the Steelers won and I got to just root against, you know, the rest of the AFC. It would have been, oh man, I would have been the biggest 49ers fan of life. I already will be rooting for them like crazy, there you but go. it would have actually mattered then for me. And I'm just so sad. Just, <laughs> well, just, just be Think happy. of me all week. Pour a drink out for me, please. Or well, drink I, one. Don't pour I will it out. Drink, yeah, I will yeah. pour it out into my mouth because yeah. I, won't, I could use all the alcohol I can get at this point. But enjoy the game, everybody. After the game, join us on the Niners Nation YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages for the Instant Reaction Podcast. We will break everything down, commiserate with you, hopefully celebrate with you. But make sure you join us there as well. Enjoy the games, everybody. We'll talk next week. Bye, y'all.